Hey, what's up, what's up, guys? It's your boy Mario. We are back with another installment of My Therapist Made Me Do This Podcast with Mario and Friends. I'm, of course, Mario. Now, this has been a crazy-ass week. (laughs) This has been a crazy-ass week, but we will get into a little bit of it uh, here shortly. So, I want to get straight to the nitty-gritty because I have a guest uh, with me today. So, I'm going to get into the... The intro, we'll get that party started, and I will introduce her, and then we're going to have a nice little couple's conversation. So, today I want to take a deep dive into what life is like for a military family on the heels of a deployment. We call it reintegration. You see the smiles, the laughter, the fun, but is it really a Hollywood made-for-TV reunion? Got my lovely wife, Jessica, here on the couch. And we're going to compare and contrast what life has been like, not just on this deployment, but like all of the deployments. Because I think people uh, don't realize that there's things that they go through as uh, spouses and family members and us as like people being gone. And unfortunately and fortunately, we both have had to be on both sides of that. So we're just going to have a quick conversation about that. And then what life is like when you come home. Like, is it, you know, all glamour and glitz or, you know, do y'all just hate each other for three or four weeks until you get everything together? So without further ado, if you're stuck in traffic, I apologize. If you're sitting on the couch, grab your favorite drink or like Jessica did, just grab your uh, favorite tea and let's have a conversation. I want to entitle, honey, I'm home. What now? I'll be back in just a moment. further ado i'm going to just jump straight into the um introduction of my guest and then we'll knock out all the quick programming notes before we get into the fun stuff now she is apparently y'all's favorite co-host for some reason you may have heard her snoring in the background of podcasts um you often hear me criticize her about her crocheting in the background and you will regularly hear her with a "Mm?" In the background, but I want to introduce and welcome back to the podcast, my lovely wife, Jessica. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm all right. Why do you sound like that? Because you were just talking bad about me. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid, man. All right. So, how's your week been? <laughs> exactly, y'all. It has been been a busy week it's been a lot i yeah yeah it's been a lot it's been a lot so um you know i'm gonna i'm gonna give you your flowers while we're right here so um i want to formally say congratulations to you um she was named the first sergeant of the year for luke air force base I'm super-duper proud of her. How do you feel? Of all the first sergeants on the base, you were rated number one in the world, Craig. How do you feel? Um, So I think it was a bittersweet award. I feel like I, you know, I, I definitely did the work. Yep. I, I do think that um, it's always the other stuff, the the drama. Don't go too deep into that. I, I won't. We're going to say that for the next one. Go ahead. I won't, but it, it's definitely very humbling I mean, it's, it is the validation that, you know, and I did end my time as a first sergeant. So it was very 
bittersweet to win the award at the end of my time. Yeah. Well, I think the good part about it is a lot of people um, let it be known that they were very proud of you. And I think sometimes, like I said, I don't want to give too much away because I'm already working on the podcast for next week. But I think it's one thing when you win something and you feel weird, but then when people kind of uh, affirm, I think that's the, the perfect word. That's a good word. Uh, when people affirmed it, like, man, like, you know, the right decision was made and people are, you know, ultra thankful for what you do. I think it gives you, you know, a sense of relief, man, because, you know, it's a, it's a lot of people out there that may not necessarily be excited about, you know, their name not being called. And, you know, if you're one of those people and you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to direct you to It's Not Your Turn. Uh, streaming on all podcasting sites and just take a listen to that. Like, for real, for real. I really encourage people to listen to that when you feel like things don't go your way. Um, but yeah, get the hate out your heart. That's how I feel about it. Anywho, um, today was my, well, this last week was my first week as a uh, Master Sergeant. And, um, it was only three days. Was it three days? It was three days. Yeah, I'm ready to quit already, y'all. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> this shit a lot, cuz. Like, I just like, this is. This is crazy. But anyway, we're going we gonna to keep trucking. And I'm pretty sure by the time y'all hear my voice again, I will definitely have learned the lesson and uh, hopefully got some kind of grasp on what the hell I'm going to now. So to establish credibility here, cause I don't like I always hate for when I listen to podcasts sometimes, especially with like like multiple people. And it just kind of feels like a like a scripted show, especially when it comes to like couples, right? That's why I like Willie and Fiona so much. I like listening to their podcast, but we're going to establish some credibility. Now, I don't know the answer to your, uh, this question. You don't know my answer to this question. So we pulled a relationship card right before I hit play. So I don't know what she's going to say to this, but you want to read the card or you want me to read it? So I'll read it and then you can respond. Oh, hell no. That's you how it going works. Ladies first. No, I'm reading, so you have to respond. Okay, well, I read. Who has <laughs> <laughs> Who has more power in the relationship? Question mark. Who has more power in the relationship? Now, in terms of what? Since you asked, asked the question, lady. In so terms there is of what? no sub-bullet on the question. Okay. It's, it's a very... In my opinion, a very easy question to answer. So, who has more power in the relationship? This is such a subjective question. Like, it's weird. But, so, I hope I'm answering this question appropriately. Well, guess we're going to find out in a minute. Shut up. So, there are certain aspects of our relationship where I feel like you are definitely, like, in control of. Um. I will say, as the man of the house and the head of the household, I really, so now that I really marinate on this, I don't like that question because it feels very. You picked it. I did. It feels very, uh, I don't like it to feel very dominating. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, my being, I think I got the power in the house. I do. I feel like mm. a lot of things, um, I feel like I'm the quarterback of the team. I do. Mm. I really do. And I feel like a lot of decisions that are made in the house, whether they be big or small, for some reason, always come through me. Except when Jaden asks you a question to do something. And then it's me that has to make the decision. But go ahead. I digress. Nah, see, that's your fault. Like, but I think it's funny making him go back and forth for things. But that's, uh, I would say me, but I feel like from a team aspect, especially over time, I feel like we've gotten a lot better at having a united front and doing things side by side. But I do feel like there are situations where I'm like, nah, nah, like we, this is, nope, not happening. Like this is, this is what we're doing. So I say me, I say me, what you got? So in my opinion, um, I think that it, it, yes, I believe it's a very easy question, but I think when it comes to the more masculine power, the more masculine energy, you absolutely have that. I think that in some relationships that there are some men that don't have that power. Um, so I'd say in our relationship, that's how that works. However, comma. comma, when it comes to the feminine energy, 
in the relationship, I absolutely dominate in that area. No complaints here. So I think, you know, when I think about power, I, I think about, you know, how we show up in our relationship. I mean, I think that we show up in the roles that are appropriate for our relationship. Man, I knew I was going to do this. I knew this was going to happen. All right. So I have a sub question to this. What are your thoughts when people say that we're a power couple? So I think that people look at our success or look at, you know, what things look like, look like on the outside, mm-hmm. especially from a work standpoint. Yeah. We'd be killing shit from a work and standpoint. And I think they look at it and they're like, oh my gosh, like we, you guys just do it well. What I think that people don't understand, and, and this is something that I do and at least enjoy about ourselves, is that we don't put our business out on social media. Now, nice. I do remember a time when, you know, we had this discussion about, oh, you know, you don't put this out on social media. You don't do this on social media. Oh, we were talking about another couple that we know. And then you were like, oh, she always talks about blah, blah, blah. And oh, you talking about me? Yeah, I'm talking about you. I just don't want to say who the couple was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that you were like, oh, she always puts stuff out there. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's and that's fine. I'm, but I I think there's times when I do honor you on social media. Um, I think if you do it, again, to each their own, do you, boo? <laughs> For me, if I do it all the like, to me, it's not genuine all the time. Like, I think that there's time, very, very specific times where I randomly say something about you or whatever and to me those are those are genuine and you know that it's me being genuine i feel like if if it was something different than who i was you would be like oh you just out here doing it because we trying to keep it with the joneses for the social media people and that's not who i am yeah we ain't into that so yeah man okay man <coughs> I'll, I'll allow that i think uh i hate saying that i i feel like i correct people when they when they say that, but I just, like you said, I think <clears throat> it's important to, I don't like for people to, idolize is a bad word. Maybe look up to. I don't like for people to look up to. Like, I mean, I'm I'm thankful that people view us as a, a successful, power, you know, powerful couple. But I also like to let it be known that, like, man, like, like don't think that we're, like, absent of problems and situations. And beef with each other, you know what I'm saying? Like I just, I always like to let that be known. Like that's. Well, I just think that you know the, again, I'm not in other people's household, so I don't know what they're doing, what they're not doing. Right. I think the reason why people think that we're a power couple is because like your drive has to match my drive. You know, we push each other to be better, which makes us better as a couple. So I don't necessarily think that we're, quote unquote, a power couple, and we just are walking around here just all super powerful. What I do think is that we encourage each other. We push each other. There's been times where, you know, my career has been on the back burner and, you know, you've done your thing and, and flourished. And then there's times where the the roles have definitely been reversed. I think that we show up for each other when it's time. And I do think that we support each other through all the endeavors. So I think that if that makes a power couple, then there's plenty of power couples. We're not in competition with each other. I'm not the person who's like, oh, well, you want to do this. Well, I want to do it too, but you can't do it yet or whatever, right? Like, it's not that. It's always been a let's support each other in our own lanes. And you flourish absolutely very well in your lane, and I flourish very well in mine. Yeah, unfortunately, my lane just requires me to be gone out of damn time. But Well, I mean. <laughs> which... Is a great transition great to what transition. uh what we're gonna talk about. So like I was saying, we call it um military reintegration. And it is probably one of the most important things that a military couple will go through. Now I guess if you've only done it once or twice, like, you know, maybe you don't you haven't felt the brunt of it like like we have. But we've done it Seven times. Actually, now I think about it, we've done it seven times. Uh, six with me, one with Jessica, and, you know, don't let the numbers fool you. Like, Jessica probably had the worst deployment uh, between us because she was getting uh, blown up and shit. So, in your opinion, what does, what, like, how do you define military reintegration? It, like, as as couples. And this is actually pretty, probably a good question for you coming off of being a first sergeant. I don't know if you experience a lot of 
uh, I'm about to say domestic violence, but a lot of domestic issues uh, that might have stemmed from post-deployment. So I, so for me, reintegration is just the, you know, get, getting back on the same page. Um, when one person is gone, it, it, it absolutely has, is a void. There's a void in the home. Yep. There's a void in a lot of areas. So I would say that reintegration is, A, filling the void, but then also figuring out what together looks like again, because it can't look like what it looked like before the separation. Right. And I think one of the things that I've gotten really good at is we, uh, we're going to start peeling back the vulnerability onion. So early on when I would deploy or be gone for extended periods of time, I would kind of shut everybody out. And I think early on it was just uh, Jess and Jaden. Um, but I would literally like shut you guys out. Like I would almost start mentally separating myself from you guys because I felt like, well, while I'm gone, since I've already kind of separated myself from you guys mentally, physically, when I'm away, like I don't worry as much. And I think what I later realized is that was probably the dumbest thing I could have ever done uh, in my life. So, I know you obviously were not a big fan of that at all, but I think for me, like being, you know, the man of the house and I mean, just any, anybody's listening, you only have to be in the military, but just kind of envision. I think I said this uh, on the podcast before, but man, just envision being like thousands of miles away, like from your family. And one thing you'll learn about military people is like the minute we separate from each other, man, anything that could go wrong will go wrong. Like, and it, it, it's almost like you're just waiting. Like, all right, one of them gone. Here we go. Let's let's get into the shenanigans. So I think for me, my biggest stressor is, is always my family. And, like, I I, I tend to have, like, weird-ass dreams. You know, like, when I'm gone, cause I'm like, man, like, you know, at night I go and I lock all the doors and I make sure, you know, the house is, like, locked up and secure. And I'm like, man, like, what if one night, like, you know, like my oldest son, like Jay, forget to unlock a door and then somebody come in and want to steal like king cake or some shit. Like, you know, like now I feel like my family is at such a disadvantage when I'm not there. And that like truly like bothers me. Like it, and it, it stresses me out. And those are honestly probably safety and security are probably the two things that I worry about the most. Not that, you know, I don't feel like you can't do anything or you can't take care of yourself. I think you do a fantastic job at that. In my mind, she's probably going to say otherwise. But, man, I just think from a, from a male standpoint, that is my biggest uh, stressor. Now, one of the things that you do that drives me crazy is that you will intentionally not tell me certain things that are going on at home. Uh, why is that? Why do you do that? So, I mean, I think that it's, I know you well enough to know that you worry about what's happening here. And as much as, you know, I think we try to do a good job of like making sure things are together before you go and those type of things. But like inevitably something always happens and something goes wrong or some, or the boys have something at the same day, the same time. And it's trying to figure out all the moving pieces. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to stress you out partly because like when it's, when you're home, it's one, it's different because we can, I can sit on the couch and be like, Oh Lord, it was a terrible day. Like, let me tell you what happened when you're gone. Cause the thing you always ask like, well, why didn't you do this? And why didn't you do that? And blah, blah, blah. And it's like, first of all, I don't want to hear all that. And then number two, what are you going to do about it? Like, there's nothing that you can physically do about it besides tell me, oh, you should have called blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, I, whatever, like whatever the situation was. So I think that sometimes I think it's just easier to not have the conversations about what's happening at home because, you know, when you're home, it's one thing because we can talk about it. We can talk through it. We can work out a plan and it's good to go. When you're not home, it's me that has to figure it out anyway. So you don't think that we can do that long distance via FaceTime? So I think that what we are, and I would say probably earlier on, my my issue was you would make it, you would always try to say, oh, you should have did this. (laughs) You should have done that. You should do blah, blah, blah. And it's like, 
well, you should be home. Ooh. Like, you know, like that's. Damn. You know, and like that's the thing. So it's like versus you being supportive and maybe listening and just trying to offer some. Ooh, that sucks. Or, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> this <maybe. is> a, <laughs> but like. It's the. The ooh, you should be doing. And it's like, well, you don't even know what's going on fully to say what should or shouldn't be happening. Yeah. So I've, you know, over the years, I've just find it, e- I've found it easier just to brief you after the fact. Man, okay. But you, <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do understand that as a man and as an active father and an active husband, do you know how stressful that is? Or like, so it's it's very frustrating for me to know, like, man, like you was going through all that, like, why ain't why ain't saying that? You know, like, so I think that's that's probably the first point we get to, like, communication. And I will tell you, <clears throat> no matter how many times <clears throat> we have, <laughs> no matter how many times we have done this, we I don't think we I don't think we've ever gotten it right. Like I don't. I think I think we've gotten it right. Like, I mean, yeah. we don't really do it. I, and I don't, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't know if there's a handbook on how to do it the right way. God, I wish it was. Because I just feel like, I do feel like every time we get better. But the difference is, is that we're not the same people that we were the last time. Mm. So, I mean, just, you know, think about the times when, you know, you left and it was just Jaden and then now you left and it's Miles and then now we got another one. It's just we're in a different place and different stressors and different jobs. So I I don't think we've ever done it. The only place I can think of that we went, we were. You deployed twice was Minot Mm -hmm. and not much changed between the first and the second one because they were like five months apart. So it wasn't, it, it was probably the same, but life, just so much changes, you know, yeah. in the midst of deployments and, or that each time you've deployed, it's it's just, it's very different to say that, or it's hard for me to say that we should have done it this way because the last time we didn't do it right. I just think that every time we're just different. So walk me through. Okay. So let me just pre pre pre-brief y'all Jessica always knows when some shit's naive about to go down because I either call her and I text her these words you got a minute (laughs) and I think she already knows what time it is so can you just walk me through what goes through your head when you get that message or you get that phone call and I be like where you at you got a minute can you just walk me through what, what goes on while you're gone no, this is before. Like, let's say, you know, I, I find out I'm deploying and I'm calling you to tell you I'm deploying. Oh, so I mean, like, I feel like every time life gets comfortable or life gets like, oh, things are going really great. Like, it's always like, oh, every gonna, time going to deploy, like something happens or I have to go TDY somewhere and it's like, oh, he's going to deploy during the same time. Like, I feel like when you call or text me to say, hey, do you have a second to talk or whatever? And I'm always like, oh, it's something. Because it's always something, whether it's a deployment or we need to have a hard conversation as a couple, you know, you always, we need to talk, we need to talk. And I'm like, okay, well, and it's weird because if I say we need to talk, it's a very different tone than when you say we need to talk. Oh, really? Because if you hit me with a we need to talk, I'm like, do I need to move out? Like what? Do I need to pack? Yeah. Like what? Like what? What's going on? Man, okay, that's fair. So let me ask you this. So once you once you find out, all right, Mario's deploying, do you purposely internalize how you may truly feel about it just to kind of, like how you were saying, like you don't, like when I'm gone, you don't tell me everything that's going on. But like from an emotional standpoint, do you ever kind of internalize or trying to, like I want to say hide, but like keep your your true feelings in to like not stress me out as I'm preparing to deploy somewhere. So I think it's so hard. So I think in the beginning, this is like if you would have had this podcast years ago, I probably would have a different response than I do now. Yeah, we are so a far into your deployment life 
now my brain just goes into, okay, so you're going to be deployed around this time to the, from this time to this time. What is happening in that time frame that I can foresee right now that we need to address? Yeah. Like that needs to be talked about. So this last one, I had already gotten slotted, I think. Yeah, I did. I'd already gotten slotted for, or I knew I was going to try to go to CRNCOA mm-hmm. in August. And I'm like, well. That's an academy for uh, higher ranking people, for all my non-military people. Yes, sorry. Speaking to military. <laughs> so I knew I was going to be gone for six weeks. And I'm like, okay, well, then let me call my mom to let her know, hey, by the way, Mario's deploying. And I have to go to this class for six weeks. Can you come out here to watch the kids? So I think that now I just go into planning mode to figure out what things look like. What's going to happen with the kids? What part of the school year is it? Is it going to be during the holidays and just trying to mitigate those things early on? Yeah. I think because my brain goes a mile a minute and I tend to overthink things. Like I think like I don't think about the, my emotional piece of it because I'm trying to make sure, okay, so when are we going to tell the kids? Cause I already know they're going to have a reaction and then how am I going to mitigate that reaction? So I don't want to think about those things. And I think about me yeah. because I already know like, when you're not home, I already know I'm not going to sleep well. I'm going to be up waiting on you to call or text because, that, cause you, you know, that's the time difference no matter where you go. So I just think that my feelings about it typically on the back burner. And I think like I have like a quick like emotional like, oh, this is stupid and it sucks. And then I have like a Kimberly Elise tear real quick. And then I mean, I have to keep the keep it moving. Yeah. Because unfortunately, but fortunately we have, I mean, I still have a job and I have, th- we have three children. Damn, and we got a lot of kids. We do. Damn. And the, and at the end of the day, they can't see me distraught because they feed off of my energy. Mm. Ooh, mm. That's a is <laughs> a. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's kind of it's kind of rough even having this conversation. Maybe ain't even. I don't think I'm mentally prepared for this conversation because I think about like all the times that I like I did have to leave. And I don't know if you noticed this, but, like, every time I've had to leave, you do so well. Like, you start off and everything is cool. And uh, just randomly, you'll just break down. And it's always when it's just me and you. Like, it's randomly you'll just break down and you'll just let it all out. And I think for me, that's that's where the stress starts. Like, it, it, start, it starts right there. Because I'm just like, man, like, this shit just don't feel fair. And I know, like... If you're military or you're not military and you're listening, I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's 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 what we signed up for, you know. But it doesn't make it – it doesn't make it any easier. And, you know, the other thing I hate the most is when people are like, oh, your wife's military. She knows what to do. I'm going to tell you something. Anybody who's ever said some shit like that before, they ain't ever had to go through this as many times we had to go through it. Because I don't care if you're military or not, like – you having to mentally go through all the things that you just told me and then, oh yeah, now we got three kids to deal with now like that. Bro, that shit is, it's making me sad just just thinking about it. And do you remember when, okay, so before I jump into this, do you have something to say to that? All right, so before I jump into this, I'm going to tell y'all and she'll probably agree. Maybe. This, This was the hardest one. Yeah, I do, because I think it's just with all the stuff we have going on. And I, I, so I feel like your year in Turkey was a hard time for us as a couple. I, I forgot about that. I so think that really that was. Eight times we've been. Yeah, I, th- I think that that was, from a relationship standpoint, we weren't vibing. There was a lot yeah. of stuff going on there. Um, And then I think that this time. We just had, I mean, it was just not, I mean, I don't know if deployments are ever just amazing timing. Like, oh, you know, this is a great time to deploy. It's a great time to be gone. Sure. Why not? But this one I would say was definitely the hardest. And I I think part of it too was just because I know that I didn't take care of myself the way that I try to in the past for deployments. Like I try to be very intentional. And this time I wasn't as in, I just wasn't. I didn't do a really good job. Um, And I don't think it was until after you were home when I finally like came to terms with like, okay, how I was truly feeling. Yeah. So walk me through your self-care routine. So we're going to focus primarily on this last deployment since we both agreed that was the the hardest one for a bunch of reasons that we're going to get into. But 
kind of walk me through what your, just you, not the kids, like, what is your self-care? What's your mental health status like? Like, what are you, what are you going through while I'm gone? So I think um, for me, a lot of it is managing the feelings of our, the boys. I just told her not to be with kids, but. <laughs> you told me what? I said, done, excluding the kids, like um, you personally. Like me? Yeah. Um, I don't, so like I said, this last time, I don't really think I did a great job of taking care of myself. So I tried, you know, I, the, the the last time I tried to, you know, integrate, you know, like my bath time in the evening and just truly disconnecting and those type of things. But I didn't really do that this time. I mean, I got, you know, I still took my bath. Thank you. Try, <laughs> <laughs> trying to relax. I did, um, you know, try to read and try to, you know, crochet. And those are the things that for me, Give like I can just kind of sit there and just do. Yeah. Um. But this time it was just my self care was not amazing this time, and then just it just it was a lot. Like this one was a, you know, I think I was talking to a girlfriend, um, and I just told her I was just like you know like I'm probably coming to terms with the fact that I probably was in a very deep depression and didn't realize it until after the fact until after. Like, it was all over. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm pretty sure I was depressed. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah. the only reason why I kept moving on, I kept doing stuff was because of working the kids. Like, I don't know if I ever took the time to stop and be like, oh, I wonder how Jessica feels today. Yeah. yeah. That is, uh, yeah. So, well, let's just hit them with it. So, she just she just told y'all, like, what, you know, between working the kids. So, let me hit y'all with some curveballs. Curveball number one. I don't think I've ever talked about this. I don't even know what you're going to say. <laughs> so, while we were gone. So, last, last year, I, what we call it, the year revered. Man, it was such a great year from a work standpoint for, for both of us. Uh, so, obviously, Jessica got promoted to E8. A couple months later, I got promoted to E7. Yay. And that's just, I mean, that's some unicorn shit. Like, it don't happen like that a lot, like, believe it or not. But then, you know, because of, you know, with promotion, sometimes you promote out of a job. And when you promote out of a job, that means you got to move. So we got orders to. Holloman, New Mexico. Well, it's actually Alamogordo, New Mexico. I don't even know how to pronounce that shit. Alamogordo, New Mexico. It's in. So. <laughs> New Mexico. Alamogordo. <laughs> Alamogordo, New Mexico, is in the middle of nowhere. Now, mind you, we've done a tour in the middle of nowhere. A frozen middle of nowhere. Frozen middle of nowhere, North Dakota. We had our share of bad bases. Like, we I had, felt like we just, we'd have been okay. Shit. So, with that comes a bunch of issues. So, obviously, I'm gone. And once again, so plot twist, every time I think, Almost every time I've deployed, we've gotten orders to move. And Jessica has literally had to move our entire house with whichever kids were alive then to a whole nother place. Sometimes across the country, sometimes up, sometimes down. Like, she's done all of this by herself, which is, like, stressful in itself, right? So now we're, I don't think we were panicking just yet. I don't think we're panicking. I think we were both just kind of like, what in the hell is going on? So I think we came up with some, I think we, because of the people that we are, is that we were like, okay, contingency plan one. Yep. Contingency plan number two. And I think that we both kind of agreed that, you know, okay, well, if this is where it's going to be, we'll figure it out and make the best of it. Well, actually, that's not what happened. What happened was, (laughs) I was like, well, I'm prepared to go alone with maybe a combination of children Yeah. just because, you know, our oldest was at the time when we got the assignment, when at the time when we knew we were going to have to move, he was finishing his sophomore year. And it was like, well, I mean, who wants to move like three quarters of the way through your junior year of high school? Cause we weren't going to move until February of this year. Mm-hmm. So it was like, okay, so what are we, what are our plans? And I think initially we were, I mean, I don't know about he wasn't, I know he was not content with the plan, but in my mind, I was like, well, the plan's going to be, you're going to stay here with, with Jay. Yeah. And then I was going to take Maya for sure 
Miles was the question mark. Like, okay, where where is, is he going to come? Is he going to stay? Yeah. So I think initially that was the plan. And that, as much as he was reluctant to it, because I was very adamant, like, this was happening. Yeah. Period. Like, this is what we're doing. And he's like, I like it. And I'm like, well, you ain't got to like it. But this isn't about us at this point. This is about making sure that our children are yeah. good to go. And I think that <clears throat> in my mind, it was the most selfless thing to do for Jaden. Ironically, Jaden didn't want us to be separated. Like, he didn't want to separate the family. Man. And he was like, well, I don't want to go. We didn't tell him he had an assignment. But we were like, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere. But if we have to go, I'll go. Man. Um, and I think, like, we spent a good half of this deployment trying to shield the kids from that emotional stress that we were dealing with because we were trying to figure out what it looks like. And can we financially afford actually two households? Can we, what about the schools and, you know, getting information? It was like, Oh yeah, there was a shooting and in the town and a 16 year old died. And I'm like, what the hell is happening in the art? Like, you know, it's a drug in the area just because of where it is. It was, you know, a lot of drugs and, you know, things of that nature crimes that were getting out of hand. So it's definitely, you know, stressful to figure out. And then, you know, I'm, you know me, I'm the planner. So I'm like, well, let me start looking at houses and let's figure out, are we going to sell our house here? Are we going to just live on? Well, I was living on base. I wasn't buying nothing in no New Mexico. <laughs> so it was I like, you know, we started or I started contingency planning. Um, and I think that kind of monopolized a lot of my mental space. But then I wasn't sleeping. So... I mean, I typically, while you're, you know, while Mario's gone, I don't sleep well anyway. But this just, like, complicated the situation. Like, I would, I mean, I was very effective at, or I was able to operate on a few hours, for the most part, um, with some good coffee. Damn. But French vanilla creamer. So, in addition to that going on, then there's our kids. And, uh... Yeah, on time. All right, because we might do three part, right? So I give you guys the the quick synopsis of this. So Maya, if you listen to this podcast, you know, like Maya was going through some some health issues. Um, not health issues. She just didn't eat. She had a little surgery, and then they end up tubing her, and then Jessica turns into a home health nurse, like out of nowhere. And mind you, that doesn't stop. You know, our other two kids. You know, Jaden's. Active in basketball, so he's gone all the time. Uh, Miles, so Miles actually was the one who, like, he actually went to a therapist. I don't know if it was ex- exclusively because of me before, but he had went to a therapist. So I'm always worried about him, and just he just needs me in his presence. And he's currently still, you know, seeing a therapist at school. So I think yeah. that you know he, which I mean, I I appreciate the having one in the school system to be able to help you know, mitigate all this stuff. But yeah, it's, um, there was all the kids had their own different things going on. Yeah. Um, and of course nothing was convenient. Like it wasn't conveniently planned. And I think what, I think what kind of broke me was that, you know, so our oldest Jaden is 16. And when people always talk about, you know, being gone, I just assume. So Jaden isn't, he's never been very forthcoming with his emotions when it came to me, like when he talked to me. So I would always tell him, like, oh, you know, pfft, he's done this five times. He, he's he been through this. Like, he'll be fine. And I don't know if this one was just his breaking point, but, uh, you know, he would just start asking, like, you know, like, when you coming home? Like, when, when you know, when's dad coming home? And I think that was that was the one that broke me. Like, that that was the one that did it because I, I guess, like, I – I didn't realize as much as you think kids are very resilient. I guess I didn't realize. I thought Jane was like, you know, my guy, but like he was just going through a lot. And as a dad, like he really needed me just to be around him. And again, like, you know, just said, like, no, what are you going to do? Like you can, you know, I would send him, you know, speeches and quotes and I try to, you know, speak life into him, but he needed me here in the physical. Like he, he needed me here. And, um, that was that was very hard for me. That was that was extremely hard for me. So I can imagine for you having to catch the, the straight bullets or all that, that wasn't very fun either. Yeah, I think it was you know, I could tell he was having 
some feelings because you know Jaden and I are very close. Yeah, I mean, there's certain things, aspects of his life that just I'm, this aren't my thing. So you know, like you and him bond a lot about basketball, and that's where a lot of the struggles were was in basketball. So it made it harder for me to, you know, and I'm like, well, just talk to your dad, do this, do that, and he's just like, I just want him to come home, which was hard because I'm like, well, I want him to come home too, but it's not <laughs> happening. Right. So. And then, you know, and then, of course, like with any teenager, when they're going through things and are having an emotional, they have emotions about something, they act out. So it was more, you know, well, I'm just not going to take the trash out. And it's like, listen, like I shouldn't have to ask you eight times to take the trash out. Um, And it was like a fine line of, okay, we need to have a conversation about how you're feeling because what I'm not, what I can't do is have you not contributing in the house because it is just me. Right. Like there's nobody else here to pick up the slack. It is us, you know, against the world. So we need to figure it out. So I think that was hard. And this one was a little bit harder because he took it harder. Um, I, I agree. I think in the past, like he's always had an emotion. He's always been emotional about you being gone. This one just, you know, at that pivotal time where he needed wise counsel and I, a child, I can't, I didn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so he needed that. Yeah. And I couldn't give it to him. Like there's one, you know, something that I just can't do. And that's one of them that I'm not, that's not my lane. Yeah. So you don't want no father's day card? No. Okay. Just checking. All right. So fast forward, <laughs> because we can literally tell you about our life forever. So fast forward, I'm home. Now okay. you listen to all these, all these things and these stressors and these emotions that we're talking about. So one would think if you're listening to this story still at this point, you'd be like, Oh, Everything is cool. Yeah, this is where the reintegration part comes in. So, obviously, hearing of the things that, you know, uh, Jessica was telling me what was going on, I naturally, as a father, I come home and I'm like, drop everything, open up my shirt, put the Superman cape on, and I'm ready to save the world. Like, whatever you need me to do. And I've done this every single time to my knowledge. Hmm. And I... <laughs> Okay, maybe not every single time, but I come home and I'm just like, I just want to help you. And I, and I realized over time, as crazy as this sounds, it's the absolute worst thing you could ever do. So I'll never forget, I came in the game room, this is where I do my podcast, and I just wanted to clean up. I was like, man, you know, it's just clutter stuff all over the place. I just like, it's kind of my happy spot. And like, Jessica gave me this look of death. Like, what do you mean you want to clean up? Like, what are you cleaning up? And I'm like, I'm just straightening up the room. But like, in my mind, like as I thought about it, I was like, I think she was taking this like, well, since you didn't do a good job at keeping, you know, the house clean and doing all this stuff, I'm gonna do this. So, walk us through briefly. Walk us through, like, what do you go through, like, when we're reintegrated, like we're we're back home. So I think that, you know, everyone else's natural thought is like, oh, my gosh, we see each other at the airport. And it's like that. I'm running through the airport to jump into your arms. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're home. And yeah, it doesn't happen. I mean, that kind of happened. One time, I think one I time. cried. Like one time, <laughs> but I don't even know why. I think I was just like, oh, my God, thank God, because these kids drove me crazy. Like, I don't remember what it was. But yeah. I think like, you know, and I, I, you know, and just, you know, being transparent, you know, we also from a relationship standpoint, we ain't perfect. We don't have the, you know, we don't, we have a great relationship, but you know, at the end of the day, when we are separated, like there's, there's, there's things that happen that we still need to talk and work, you know, and have those hard conversations. So I don't think like we weren't vibing relationally, but there's always, you know, conversations that I think that we've got to have to kind of get back on the same page. So I think that, you know, re from a reintegration standpoint, it is one of those things where I've learned to, not I've, I've learned to not just be super like oh my god i'm glad you're home because yeah. it feels overwhelming um but then and kind of allowing you to ease back into the life because contrary to popular belief like we are busy there's a schedule like i have a calendar with everyone's stuff and we literally are out of the house well about four when basketball season was in full swing Jaden had practiced five days a week six days a week so it was you know okay hey you're home this is the schedule so when you're coming home and wanting to sit down it's like you can sit down if you want to yeah but 
somebody has a practice, somebody has a thing, someone has a blah, blah, blah. So, oh, and then also you got a toddler that you're trying to, you know, chase around to these events too. So I think that the reintegration piece nowadays looks up very different than what it did when we had one kid. Yeah. I think um, one of the things that we messed up the most on this one, especially when it comes to self-care. So I'm a huge advocate of, you know, your your happiness is your job, right? And there was a lot of times where I just had a lot of, like, spells of depression. And clearly, as you can hear, like, Jessica was kind of going through the same thing. Where we failed as a couple was that she was going through what she was going through. I was going through what I was going through. But we never really took the time to, like, connect with each other. Like, we never took the time to really pour into each other. Honestly, most of the time that we talked when I was deployed, it was, like, business stuff. Like, what's going on with the kids? Like, what they got going on? You know, is the house okay? Is it burned down? Is my truck still serviceable? You know what I'm saying? Like, stupid stuff like that. But we, for all intents and purposes, well, I would just speak for myself, but, like, I truly did a horrible job at uh, neglecting your feelings. And, like, normally, every now and then, I'm not going to lie, I'm, you know, I used to be really good about this, just like calling and saying, hey, babe, you're doing a good job, blah, blah, blah. I was so wrapped up in what I had going on mentally that I just, I don't know, I just, I I didn't have it. And that was, that was rough. So you think about that six months of me just accumulating that versus, you know, not versus, but along with Jessica's like six months of things she's going through and then you come together and that's why you don't get that euphoric, oh my God, like you're happy, obviously you're happy you know, I'm home safe and I'm happy all the kids are still alive, but the kids look very different now. You know, my three-year-old's talking and she got sass and all this other stuff. So, like, I'm literally coming home to coming home to what feels like a totally different house, but I have to try to make time to work on my marriage. So, full disclosure, like, the first two weeks, first two weeks I was home, like, man, it was, it was weird. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't until we actually went on, we had a date night, which we used to be the kings and queens. Like, people would always ask us, like, wow, you guys do it so good. And we really did used to do it so good. But, like, it wasn't until we went on, like, our, our first date night together where it was just her and I. And we truly just, like, appreciated each other's company again. And I think that was kind of, kind of the turning point where things really started to get better. But... I don't think people realize like how hard it is, especially when you're dealing with all that. And now you have to, I've been taking care of myself for six months and you've been taking care of four other people, three other people plus the house and whatever issues for that long. Like how hard that is to come back together and try to, you now have to deal with another person here. And now I have to deal with four other people running around. Like that is extremely hard. And um, I don't know what's like, I guess what, what are your thoughts on that? Just the communication piece and how, um, in your in your view, was it difficult or not difficult kind of reconnecting with me? And this is just from a you and I standpoint, from a husband and wife standpoint. So I think that we realize that, you know, that we don't, as much as we communicate with other people a lot, yeah. we have a hard time sometimes communicating with each other. Yep. And I think that, you know, I am an overthinker. So I do know that my brain goes a mile a minute, a mile a minute when it comes to certain things. About so it is, you know, I will spin myself up into something and then we're like, okay, so it really wasn't anything, but I have already, you know, taken myself through the emotional toll of like what it what what I thought it was going to be or what it was. Mm -hmm. So I think that we, but we do a good job, ironically, of having very difficult conversations. Thankfully, it's while we're both in the bathtub. So I think it's like, well, you know, I can't say, even if I say something crazy, they like, can't do anything because like we're both in a very vulnerable position. <laughs> so... We've had some very tough and rough conversations where I think that, you know, maybe for not as strong couples would have been like, okay, so we're not doing this anymore. Right. Um, I mean, even like the tough, tough conversations where it's like, okay, so having to be like, this is, this is what happened or this is, you know, whatever. And it's sometimes it is looking, you know, and I'm, we're looking directly at each other. So it's not like it's, you can escape and oh, I go to the bathroom or whatever. Like we're having those very, very tough conversations and um, exposing some things that aren't pretty. Yeah. So I think that we 
this time, whether it started slow or it took, you know, us getting upset or you texting me and be like, we need to talk tonight. <laughs> um, then it was like, okay, well, you know what? Like, and I, do, and I have a very bad habit of, you know, keeping it inside. And part of it is I let myself internally deal with it. And then I deal with it with us. So I think we did a better, I don't know about better, but I think that this time we, we were able to have some very raw and uncut conversations. And I think I agree that the, the date night kind of helped catapult that to say, okay, you know what? Like we got We have to figure this out mm-hmm. because I think that we've always been in the position of like, okay, well we have to figure it out. Not you, not me. We have to figure it out. And sometimes it is holding the mirror in front of your face and saying, yeah, you ain't shit right now. Cause this is what happened. Damn. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think it also is like, you know, you holding the mirror in front of my face and saying, well, you know, you neglected this part of, you know, you neglected this part of our relationship. So, and sometimes that's hard to hear. Like it's super hard and, and it's hurtful to hear from the, you know, the person that you're saying, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you and it's going to be peaches and rainbows. But I think that this time we did a really good job of attacking the hard conversation, having the self-realization and the self-awareness to say, okay, I'm messing up in this area or I, there's, there's a relationship that maybe I just need to cut out of my life because it's not bringing life to me. And I'm not even saying like from an infidelity or from an emotional relate. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying even from just a friendship that it's like, you know, this friendship is not, it's not cause it's not positive for me and my relationship right now. So I think we did a really good job and we still do, you know, even to this day where we're like, okay, we have that self-reflection we have the conversation, we reflect, and then we move on. And I think we try to be intentional and purposeful about the things that we do moving forward. So I would say this reintegration period has been much better. Better, yeah. Hard, Definitely you know, hard. because I think that, I mean, and we have even addressed some things that have happened deployments ago, years ago. It's like, okay, so this is, and you know, and because because when things happen, it brings up old feelings. Mm. I, people can say say all day that oh I forgive and I forget no 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 you may forgive but you don't forget you don't forget how it made you feel in that moment and sometimes when something feels familiar or looks familiar you revert back to those that feeling and unfortunately it's it's hard to be like oh yeah I'm like I'm totally gonna not I'm not gonna remember that you remember the feeling and sometimes the action takes you back to that but then you've got to sit back and say okay let's kind of work through it. So I think this time we did a lot better job of working through the feelings. Man. And, uh, you know, one of the things that we talk about, um, you know, us as a power couple, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> um, I look at, I look at marriages like a, like a house. So, you know, you can't just build a house on dirt, right? You got to have like a, a solid foundation. And, and I've even told Jessica this before. I was like, man, you know, when we hit our 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 rough patches as a as a couple, man, I feel like sometimes like the only thing that we had left standing to kind of even attempt to get through whatever we were going through was that we truly do love the shit out of each other. Like real life. Like I you know, we really just want to make each other better and like when it comes to you know, like our love for each other, like it, it's very genuine. Like it, it's it's very genuine, and a lot of times, like that, that has probably kept kept our marriage afloat. And I always tell people that, like, man, like if your if your marriage doesn't have a solid foundation, man, when, when shit gets rocky, man, it's just gonna crumble because it's it's gonna be days like every day ain't Barack and Michelle. Like you know, what I'm saying, I'm glad she even said that one day. Like, man, Barack get on my damn nerves sometimes too, but it's so true, man, because it's just. Life happens, man. Like, like life happens, and every day you wake up, absolutely, I may love my wife, but you know what? She get on my damn nerves sometimes, yeah. and vice versa. You do she get goes. on my nerves, absolutely, exactly. So, on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it is. Um, it has been a. It has been a, a great ride, and uh. I like to say the good outweighs the bad. And it was something that uh, my godparents said one day, and it was, uh, 
Miss Joy is my godmother, God rest her soul. Um, but she would always talk about my godfather PT, and she would say, you know, like it was a, like this marriage was was a roller coaster. But she said, I like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to ride it with anybody else. So, I guess to you, when it comes to and not just from a military standpoint, but when it comes from like being separated or having like those those rough times where you just got to reintegrate with each other and deal with whatever you were going through while you were separated. Do you have any advice for the people out there before we wrap this up? Oh, so I, so I think one of the things that you said that I would harp on is, you know, what is your, what do you, what is your marriage, your relationship built on? I was listening to, um, um, someone on, Instagram and she was talking about, you know, getting married and, you know, like, yes, I love you, but loving you is not the only reason why I married you. And, you know, she talked about, I saw that I could build something with you because love is a feeling. And as much as I love you, like there's days where I don't love you as much as I did. There's, but I would also say that I love you more now than I did back in whenever I met you at the club. So choosing. We're not even going to get there. Okay. We're not going there. Okay. So I do think that what you're built on or or how you have continued to like solidify your foundation matters because yes, I think I've, I loved you back then, but I know like I can probably firmly say and confidently say that you probably loved me more than I loved you when we initially got married. And not that I didn't love you. It was just, it was definitely different. However, now I, I would say that we, with all the stuff, with all the the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, I do agree that, you know, our relationship is built on a very firm foundation. However, comma, we continue to reaffirm the foundation frequently because as your house starts to settle, you get some cracks and you got to fix them. So I think that. That's a bar. I think that we've done a good job of fixing the cracks to make sure the foundation can remain stable. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we're getting better with communicating. We're getting better with the things that like truly when you say, Oh, I hate when you do this. And I'm like, Oh, okay. But now I'm being more conscious of, okay, so I know he doesn't like it. Let me be more conscious and aware of the fact that if I'm doing what it is, so for example, he doesn't like it when I mumble under my breath. Oh. <clears throat> now, 90% of the time, I'm probably saying something like, whatever, or, you know, something like that. See, that's what you get. <laughs> but I don't, I don't ever feel like, you know, it's something where I'm like, I couldn't have said it. So now I'm more conscious of like, okay, if I'm going to say something, let me just say it. Even if it is a side snide remark, I'm just going to say it because he's like, Hey, when you remember under your breath, it just really irritates me. Or he'll say like, what'd you say? And I'm like, huh? I don't remember what I said. Cause I, I'll remember. Services. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. But anyway, it's bad because the way you wanted wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I think that, you know, over the years we have, I would say this reintegration was very rough at first. And I mean, like also like just, you know, go ahead and like get the elephant out the room. Like it's not a whole like, oh my gosh. And like, yeah, like let's have sex all the time. Like it's definitely. A, Damn. Hold on, ma'am. Wait a minute. Well, I think people think like, oh, absent makes the heart grow fonder. And like as soon as you see each other, like everybody wants to just have sex all day. And I'm like, that's just not how it really rolls. Like. we had to get to know each other. I'm used to covering up when somebody come in the room because these, you know, kids being here and I'm like, Oh, so it's, it's just, it's different. I think that we (laughs) look, he gets on my nerves. See what I'm saying? And I'm not editing this out on my nerves. So I just think that, you know, it's always what people think it is. And, you know, even I remember people at work would be like, oh, my gosh, I'm so I bet you're so excited that your husband's home. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm in my mind. I'm like, fuck no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I'm excited, but <laughs> no, I'm not. But I I am. But I'm he's on my nerves yeah. a lot. So. But I love you. That's fair. I can take it. I can take it. 
Wow, so Better before, take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get out of here though, it's one thing I did forget and I don't wanna forget uh this part. I don't wanna leave out how important having a village was to this deployment. Yes, Lord Jesus. When I tell y'all, man, I there's a there's a list of people who I'm just forever indebted to. And, you know, to have Jessica, uh, she's running all around Arizona and, you know, to call one day and like, you know, one of our friends is picking up uh Jane taking him to the dentist, the other one's taking miles to a football <laughs> practice. You know, I mean, just like little things like that. Or, you know, they, they having like their little girls night. You know, they just drink wine and chill. But just, man, just you, oh, my God. Y'all know who y'all are, too. Y'all are such a blessing to us, man. And uh, I can't stress enough. I feel like we were just talking about this last night. But, like, can't stress enough about how important it is to have a solid village, man. And, like, oh, my God, I... I can probably talk another 30 minutes about that, but... No, it is. It's important because, you know, I don't ask for a lot of help because, you know, 90% of the time people are like, oh, call me if you need anything, and they're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mean it. Or it's just a nice thing to say. And, you know, this this time, I think that, you know, I mean, not that I haven't before because I had some amazing friends at Minot that definitely helped out, you know, when we needed it too. Absolutely. They probably know, started, but I think. But no, that goes back to yeah. Andersons and Reed. Yeah, yeah, right. There's been plenty of people. This deployment for me emotionally, and not to you know drag this time, you know our time out, was was hard. Was very hard for me um, on a lot of levels. And it's you know there's still things that I'm having to you know deal with and saying okay you know what I need to make sure that I'm cognizant of, but having. People that would just come through and come to Jaden's basketball games and come to Miles' football games, especially when I was gone and it was my mom here. And being able to not only be there for me, but be there for our kids, that is where it it just it hit different because I mean, and then they're getting mad and something's going on with Jaden or Miles and you know, and I'm just like, you know, this is the this is what I'm talking about. These are the people that you want in your life that are gonna ride ride or die for you, that threaten to, you know, like shoot, we go hit you know, punch him in in the throat and slash tires if we need to. So it's it's those things. It's the times where your friends show up not only for you, but for your family. For your family. And that's the part where like I there's times where I was like, man, like I would cry because I'm like, man, like it just being me at Jaden's basketball games is great, but Maya has to pee eight times. Oh my god! So they would be, and you know, they'd be there and like, oh, you missed this part. We recorded it though. So it's just those little, you know, the little things and coming and cheering and then cheering very genuinely for our children was just amazing. Mm-hmm. We love you guys. Yeah, appreciate y'all, man. Like for real, for real. I, I hope. Uh, I mean, honestly, all the people that, that stepped in and got for us, man. I hope. I don't know. I don't know how you repay people these days. Like I tell you, all I, all I know how to do is pay it forward. I don't. I don't know. That's all I know how to do. So, but anyway, we gonna we gonna get out of here, babe. Thank you for for hopping on the pod with me, man. It was good to hear your voice on the microphone. You sound sensational. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you right now. Yeah, but uh, no, it was great. It was um, definitely a subject that you know is, I would say, near and dear to our heart because yeah. we talk about what reintegration looks like before you get back, and or we try to before you we've gotten on each other's nerves so bad that we don't really want to talk about it and just be like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Just I'll see you whenever you get here. Yeah, you better hope I come inside the airport. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know. Hopefully and uh, prayerfully, man, this is the uh, this is the last deployment. I hope it is. Child, um, I'm not holding my breath. Nah, I mean, I, I have let that be known. Like, I just don't know if mentally and physically I can take another one. And I think the more I talk to people, the more they agree. Um, but, man, I just, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I, this one was rough, man. You know, just... Like my, my, I think I get to get to the point where like my fam, my family needs me, and uh, my family needs me a little more than my country does, 
And I think the closer I get to 20, I'm just like, man, you know, we're always big on service before self. But, man, now I'm just like, man, well, I have to start taking care of myself. You've deployed a lot. I mean, like, let's just be quite honest. And, you know, you've deployed more than most yeah. people in your job. I don't want to say because I know somebody's like, I deployed like 87 times. And I'm like, child, you crazy. Right. But it's you've deployed a lot. And I feel like you've done your You've you've done your part, and I'm not saying that another one won't come because I, you know, I'm, I don't hold my breath, but I do think that at least for a little bit, we need a little bit of time. Um, just you know, Jaden's graduating next year. Like, there's a lot of things that you need to be present that we need to be present for. Yeah, because um, uh, but anyway, man, as always, thank you guys for listening. Man, we we went uh, we went over an hour, baby. But I promise you, I hope I, every podcast we do, I always say I hope you know every episode isn't for everybody. But there's always one that uh you know just kind of do something to your, your your mentals or whatever. So, man, I think the biggest thing I wanted to get uh to relay to everybody out there is that man, like man, we human, dog. Like we're, we're humans. We're not perfect. We make mistakes, but man. We we love each other, and the 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 important part is especially when it comes to reintegration and just marriages and relationships in general. Man, just communication is so important. If you're gonna make a mistake, just don't make it again. You know what I'm saying? Just be better. So, um, I love you, baby. I honor you, man. I'm just trying to be a better husband for you every day. I swear to God, I am. And uh, I don't know. We've been doing this for oh shit. Almost. 15 years? Almost. Almost 15 years. So, uh, I don't know. Long I'm, time to put up with you. Yeah. In the words of Miss Joyce, man, I uh, I wouldn't want to be on this roller coaster with anybody else. Well, I throw up, so better yeah. be careful. You're stupid. <laughs> um, shout out to all my people in Africa, man, who uh, who listen to me. There's a bunch of people. I'm like, man, I don't even know that many people that are still over there. But uh, a lot of people from Africa still tapping in, so... What's up, y'all? I know a lot of y'all, at least for my team, it's almost time for y'all to get home. So get home safe. I love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Until next time, peace. Unless you want to say something, babe. You good? You out? I'm good. Uh, we've gone a long time, so we'll we'll save it for the next one. That's what she said. All right. Uh, until next time, y'all have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>